Last week on the Fellowship of the Tabletop. Following the death of Shagar, the party awoke to a fire in the sleepy trading town of Claypeak. After discussing it at length with each other and the young bartender, Braddon, our adventurers inspected what they found out was the burnt-out wreckage of a small house nearby. With Captain Julianus overseeing the investigation and the body laid out in a very odd position, another smaller person was seen rummaging through the still smouldering ashes. This was Folly Fizzlebang the Ninth. Gnome, alchemical extraordinaire, lover of all trinkets and doodads, and the owner of a very interesting backpack. He asked to follow the party, as where there is adventure, there are trinkets, and we welcomed Callum back into the fold. We then headed east, along the coast to the town of Bleakmoor, the epicentre of the training establishment, the Hailstorm Academy. Upon meeting Gilda Arkward, head of the academy, a panicked nurse came running in from the Scarred, a camp for injured, injured veterans, with news that the undead were approaching. With Claude at the vanguard, the adventurers stood, staring out into the hordes of the undead, pouring over the horizon towards Bleakmoor. <laughs> yeah, By the way, that, that's the clip that I'm taking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This week's episode of the Fellowship of the Tabletop. We are a live play 5e D&D podcast with a healthy dollop of homebrew. My name is Mark, I'm the Dungeon Master, and also with us for today's episode we have Ian, who plays the Dragonborn Barbarian Drago. What up? We have Darren, who plays the human fighter rogue Robin. Hello. I got that right. Uh, we've got Danny, who plays the questionable human, questionably classed character Claude. Bonjour, je suis Claude. <laughs> That was beautiful. That was cultured, I like it, bro. For all our French listeners out there, to which there are more than a few of you. I wish I could speak more French to say hello. Bonjour. Uh, We have Will, who plays the wood elf monk, Elthea. Hello. And we have Callum, who now plays the gnome. I'm not going to say what class you are, because I don't actually know. Folly Fizzlebang the Ninth. Greetings. And welcome to this episode. So, we're going to jump straight back into it. I've got a little bit of an introduction to give us kind of get us in the mood because that introduction apparently wasn't enough we have just for your listening ear holes um a large map on the middle of the table so what we will try and do as much as possible is give you a little bit of information about where we are as this moves forward but nearest to my end is where the hordes of undead are approaching and nearest the opposite end is uh, the town of bleakmore and um, to give you a little bit of context the scarred camp which we traveled through last episode juts out from the wall of Bleakmoor and is built with a six-foot palisade, wooden palisade around the outside. It's really there for aesthetic more than actual defence with a single gate entrance which has no actual gate there. It's just an opening to the outside and the barren hills to the north. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 15 tents of about 15 foot in diameter set out in rows. The rows are offset from each other so it causes these kind of maze-like corridors between them that are about five feet in, in width across. Near the entrance, there is a larger kind of courtyardy area to the main entrance, which is where our players find themselves at the moment. Across the inky black fields that lay before you, the silver moon gives shimmers of light. You catch glimpses of faces, eyes, teeth, which catch in the piercing moonlight. 
Sounds glottal and visceral overwhelm the clamour of Bleakmoor behind you. The air is still, as if waiting with anticipation, and your senses are drawn to the amassing force, almost in awe of the numbers that stand before you. They pour over the ridgeline. You estimate from their speed that you have limited time to set up any kind of defences you wish in order to rescue members of the Scarred, soldiers who have fought and lost to these very beings. Looking around the camp, you notice that uh, there is a six-foot wooden barricade. A six-foot wooden barricade is up in key areas. It connects to the palisade of Bleakmoor and a large single entrance to the north, the entrance that you're all now currently stood in. There are no gates to this, however. Behind you, near the gate to Bleakmoor, you remember that the woman who warned Arkward of the undead mentioned some carts. This is right at the entrance gate of, Ark, of the scarred area. There is a series of kind of broken or half-misused carts. Uh, the rows of tents behind you rustle with fear. Voices are raised and alarmed. But in and amongst them you hear collected training, order and purpose. Some supported by others, some on crutches. A number of the scarred make their way slowly out of tents and head towards the gate. You look up to the battlements to see Arkward commanding the academy members into positions of defence. Large fires are sparking up along the walls in cauldrons. Lines of wide-eyed, white-starred soldiers line up, too deep, armed with deep black bows. Young halfling apprentices run along the walls, laying out bundles of arrows. Uh, humans and elves, dragonborn and githyunki, tieflings and halflings appear at your flanks. A broken and battered collective of the hailstorm surge. Some are armoured, some are not. Some are armed, others holding nothing more than clenched fists. Their eyes are stern, their purpose clear. As they look out into the distance, an orc pushes past them, her face half wrapped in bandages, her armour missing save a chestplate donning the white star of the hailstorm surge. She looks at you. An equally diverse group of races and creeds. She grunts. You, outsiders, find something to block this entrance. We'll hold off any scouts that test our defences. Arkwood has some of the best archers and wizards as a sleep guard up on those walls. You give the entry. Mm. You give the signal, and they'll unleash holy hell on these bastards. So, just to give you a bit of information, this is a big, big, big old setup. Along the walls which sit in the centre of the map here, there are rows and rows of archers. They are also, and you can see, dressed in dark black robes, two or three high value targets, if you will, which are these um, high-ranking mages in the Hailstone Academy. Claude, you would recognise quite a few of these. There's three of them. When we get into things, as, a, as an action, you can signal to Arkward, and they will either unleash a series of fireballs, balls, which will you can I will I will kind of position where they fall, but that you can signal for that, or you can signal for a volley, and the well the archers will fire a volley and take out a number of the undead that are approaching. But it will take your action, unless you of course want to action surge or have any bonus actions, but you have that as an option when this rolls. Okay, mm-hmm. once we roll into that. Did you say there was Dragonborn here? There isn't at the moment. No. Okay, cool. There was a Githyanki. No, 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 no. That's fine. I didn't know if there was a group of Dragonborn. So no. They, oh, sorry, I did mention, yes, there was a there was a Dragonborn. There's one or two, but they're up on the walls at the moment. Shit, okay, yes. cool. Archers? I, yes, it's part right, of the uh, ranks of archers. Okay. What I will say, this is a lot of setup apologies, but this is going to be a big and I think it's going to be fun. I think the it's awesome. This is going to work mm-hmm. is that they are approaching, there is a limited amount of time, we're going to run a, a really quick hey, series of skill challenges mm-hmm. that will allow you to do what you want to do in preparation for this. Mm-hmm. This can be, for example, you could use a... A sleight of hand to be able to undo the ropes of a tent and carry off two of the most injured back. 
you can use it to, um, um, you know, any of your skills to try and get people out if you want, or you can either use it to get people out, or you can use it to set up some kind of additional defences to maybe block the entrance, to shore up the defence of the walls, shout up to Gilda Arkward. It's up to you, really. But what I'll say is every pass will give you an additional turn to get people out once we go into initiative order of battle. Mm-hmm. Every fail, well, there's a fail, yeah. there's, there's a something that happens after every fail as well, okay? You get an additional round for each to help remove the injury from the camp, which will run in initiative order later on. For every fail, three of the three of the creatures will make their headway into the camp quicker than otherwise. Can I double check? So environmentally, yep. what is it? It's evening, isn't it? It's evening and it's almost night. Well, it's night. So, Sorry, it is definitely night. So we, we have to consider outside of the palisade is basically darkness. Yes. Within the palisade, there's torchlight and that kind of Absolutely. Yeah, very good point. Just to make. Yeah. Check. And there was loads of light coming from the walls <laughs> of the ble- of Bleak Moor as well because they've got massive plinths lit up with fire to light their arrows with as well. Okay. So the light's bleeding down so off the walls into the we, And as you described, so you've got the palisade and then you've also had a slope to a, a crest of a hill. We can't quite see the undead oak. We can hear them, o- we can hear them over it. You've we can't just, see them yet. just seen them start. Okay, that was the question whether I need to go to the hill to scout them. Cool. No, you can definitely see them. Yeah. I can ask this in question because we may not have noticed this by now, but is there a way up onto the walls? There is, but you have to go back into Bleakmore, around the back, yeah. kind of other, either side of the gateway. There are yeah. two inlays that you can climb up mm-hmm. a stone set of stairs that you saw on the way out mm-hmm. to get you up onto the walls. The walls are an impressive kind of 50 feet, 60, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, 50, but 30 feet tall, uh, uh, kind of standard size for these walls, well defended, 10 foot wide. What's the weather? A drizzle. Cool. Sorry, it's a drizzle mm-hmm. of rain over oh, the. Really? So that's the stairwell, and that's the stairwell. But that, that's useful to me. Okay. Is it? Because I can. Um, Hide in drizzle as, a, as an action, even when it's You can hide in rain. There's a, there, there's there's a, a water drop there. I will. Wood elf, <laughs> there, 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 a wood elf tray allows me to, um, add, to as an action, uh, I have Mask of the Wild. Did you just grab a bucket of water and start tipping it? <laughs> I mean, he can't do anything else. <laughs> you can attempt to hide even when you are only lightly obscured by things like rain and that lot, even when seen. Well, it's a very, very, very light. Tip, 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 so, right. what we're going to do to begin, just to retract slightly, we've yeah. got this all set up. We are stood in the entranceway of the Scarred Camp, right down, uh, up, up right to the north. We know uh, that tell, yeah. we have a series of soldiers which are going to be used by a single figurine for now. I just remember being further out at the last yeah, episode. Yeah. Right at the front there, looking out across the undead. You have some men with you. You're looking out, the moon is out. We are going to do this skill challenge. To be honest, we'll just go round the group. Everyone gets three attempts for this. Like I said, every pass, we get another turn, so to speak. The DC for this, which I should... Are you going to tell us? I'm going to tell you the DC. Do you want us to chat first before we go into the skill challenge or not? Yeah, let's do that, yeah. So obviously that person's just said, um, what's the last thing she said to us? The the half or... Oh, grab the the cart to... um, Okay. Which is for the main entrance. main entrance. Grab the card yeah. to make some kind of defences from here. We'll clear out any scouts that try and test our defences. That's what she... Okay. So that's what they're going to do, rather than... Okay. Well, that's what she said. Whether or not you okay. want to do or not, it's up to you. She said that to us. Yeah. What do you want to do? Uh, so Claude will come to his knees and start communing into his necklace uh, for a few seconds. Okay. To a minute. 
Not using the spell, but like just trying to say a prayer. Okay. We should block this entrance. We should also drop the tents along the edge of the palisade so we have a clear killing ground for when we get assaulted. How long have we got until we get overrun by undead? I'd like to have a look. Okay, so Elthane, as you stick your head out and look over the walls, you can see the speed at which they're approaching. You estimate they're still quite a way off, but they're moving quite rapidly. You estimate you've maybe got, depending on how quickly you can get things done, five or six minutes or so. Five or six minutes, we need to be quick, given how far away they are. Um, I want, beg your pardon, um, I've immediately started going in the bag of holding, and I've just come round to anyone without a potion, which would be you, because you drank one last time. Drago, yeah. So I give a potion to Drago. Thank you. Uh, 2d4. Uh, anyone else? Go on, let me write that down. <clears throat> I don't think I've got any. I think we used a lot of them. I have one to Elf here. Folly will take one. He, he's kind of got both of his hands out, just gripping like a child, wanting a toy or something. Claude, like I assume, can't hear me because he's out the front healing. Uh, I know, but I would know from past that Claude has the means to take care of himself. So uh, I'll put one on my belt and that's it. That's all the potions distributed. Bar the big one. So we find ourselves in the midst of a skill challenge. So just prior to the skill challenge starting with the, the prayer that I said. Yep. Touching the earth behind me, making sure no one can actually see or hear who or what I'm praying to, mm-hmm. I'm going to cast daylight on the ground where I am, which is a 60 foot radius. <laughs> Lovely. I, I noticed you went to grab a pen. Five, six. So Danny is making One, a massive two, three, mark on the map five, six. in front of the entrance of the camp, One, two, three, which is a very clever idea so he's basically covering encompassing the entire front part of the camp where the entrance is in daylight that will come out it's a big old 60 foot radius which means the will you can't do your shadow step which when there's light there's shadow though william as long as people are cast yes well no yeah that was a beautiful quote yeah very kingdom hearts coin that yes there is uh yes so essentially spreading out of the earth from the point where i was saying the prayer a massive sphere of light encompasses and it sort of um, sits at the one break in the palisade wall so it's sort of where there was a bottleneck the bottleneck and now is an area of light and um, for the purpose of our listeners I believe daylight means no magical darkness can interfere with that, yes so you can't light. cast darkness yeah. it, yeah. it would stop that and obviously it acts if you were um, if you were at a disadvantage in sunlight say drought for yes. example or maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. does my magical darkness cancel yours out or do you cancel mine out he cancels daylight it. cancels out Thank magical you. darkness also it means I can see so yeah. I'm happy <laughs> oh so yeah sorry it's it's 60 foot of um, blaring light and then another 60 foot so 120 foot of dim light so essentially the whole area is lit up better. oh that's wonderful my eyes thank you as Claude reaches down to the earth you just see his hunched back and bald head as he seems to chant something out of range from all of you audibly uh, a light begins to just emerge from him as his back is encompassed as a large silhouette approaches and it, it literally feels like he's just appear- a, sun- a small sun is appearing from in front of him. The area is so well lit, casting shadows behind the palisade walls into the scarred camp. There are shadows behind the tents nearest to you as well and looking behind you, the entire camp has now been lit up. As you look, do look around, you see a range of races of the hailstorm surge, those scarred by battle, turning to look, squinting in the sunlight, people kind of nodding and making their way quickly, spurred on by this, towards the entrance to Bleedmore. I'm going to say, it's just before we get into the skill check, what um, Folly's going to do is just quickly tap the ground with his quarterstaff, and then he's going to get enveloped in a black aura, 
and he's just casting mage armor on himself. Lovely, good, thank you, good to know, good to know. So, Folly Fizzle Bang has just switched on mage armor. Should boost your AC a little bit? Yeah, AC a little bit. Lovely. Um, now, we're going to skill challenge order. I'm not going to take initiative because we'll take actual initiative order later on. I'm just going to go around. Everyone gets three attempts. They'll remember, you have to be proficient in it. You have to, in some way, shape, or form, adjust the course of the of what you're trying to do. So it can't just be, I want to do animal handling on a mouse I see for no reason. That, it needs to be something that was useful. Danger mouse. Um, we're going to go in just order around the table for now. Like I said, we'll actually use our initiative order later on. We'll start off. It's going to go Drago, Robin, Elphir, Claude, Folly. You get two attempts. You've got to be proficient. And it. it's got to change or help in some way, shape or form. Oh, and Natalia's not going to be involved in the skill challenge. She's just going to be panicking, worrying, for probably following someone. There are many, many things you can do, and it's up to you how or why you want to do it. And if it makes it, if it does pass, like I said, it will add towards the time you get before the undead approach. Drago, to start us off, what would you like to do? Um, Drago would uh, run to listen to what was uh, the command that was issued to him. Grab uh, the cart. Yeah. Grab the cart and use my strength to pull it into position to blockade the entrance. Okay, go ahead and grab that, please. Uh, a natural fucking 20. A crit on the first roll! Yes. I can't make that sound again, but a crit Lovely. on the first roll. Okay, so, so can I take all the cards? <laughs> <laughs> you move Pick back Bleakmore and move it. <laughs> <laughs> Drag this entire town. City. Pick up City. <laughs> you make your way through the tents and find the broken carts that this woman had mentioned to Gilda Arcord earlier on, you managed to very easily, with the energy and enthusiasm of battle approaching, your dragonborn blood flushing through your veins at incredible speed, lift and drag this cart deftly round the tents, making your way dexterously down to the north towards the entrance, where you start managing to... What, are you planning on doing something with it? Yeah, um, so as I'm dragging it down, I'll be like, out of the way, move, barricade, coming through, and I would position it at the strongest point, which I assume would be the rear with the big wheels, um, towards the entranceway, so it would just, yeah. Has it got brakes? I'd put brakes on. I'd put some wooden stoppers under the wheels so they just didn't push it back. Yeah, so it's... Claude is on the outside of this part at the moment. However... The cart hasn't fully blocked the entrance. Claude, do you wanna do you wanna get in here? I'm gonna barricade the entrance. I liked the uh, the light giving, by the way. I appreciate it. There Is that the way you decided to put it to the back wheels facing yeah. outwards? Yeah, because normally with carts, it gets smaller as it goes forward. That's true. So. Lovely, thank you. So it's a two-wheeled cart with the... Obviously, the horse is missing. We're not going to leave the horse there. This is a you know horse-friendly show here. The cart, is, the cart is in position now. It's not fully blocking the entrance. It's about five foot one side and two foot the other side of space. You did notice back there there, were, there was some um, broken wood. There were other bits of cart back there as well. This was the biggest piece you could find and you dragged that. So that is a pass for that skill challenge there. Thank you very much. Uh, I do. Uh, I hate when I say uh. Robin. Okay, having seen Drago run and grab this uh, cart, what Robin is going to do is he's going to come to the first tent here um, and one right in the corner. The one the right in the corner, corner. the most uh, down left point mm -hmm. uh, to the left of the cart. And um, what he's going to do is he's going to open the tent. Uh, how many sick? See how many sick people are in there. As you flush open the doors of the tent, uh, a wave of smell and kind of stench hits you. Um, this is of sweat and humans, sweat really, of people not 
feeling particularly well. You look inside and there are three individuals, one who is missing a leg, a human who's missing a leg, and two which seem to just be trying to collect some stuff together. One of them seems to have a bandage over their chest. Uh, there's also a female Githyanki in there who is missing an arm, but they all turn to look at you as you enter the tent. And I, turn, I say to them with sternness in my voice, but calmness, you need to get inside the city walls and you need to do it now. And I'm going to use sleight of hand to start tying back the uh, tent doors. And I would do that as quickly as I could on all of them so people could get out. Okay, I'll let you just because if we're fitting... On the, it would probably be the first two would be my immediate concern. Yeah. So the closest two, one, the, the ones that flank either side of the entrance, you're going to try a sleight of hand to open the entrences up and kind of call people out using yes, I think I think uh, we need at least to be able to have the front line clear so we need to get those in first lovely gives her all of that please Dan certainly how is a 6 plus 13 so 13 plus 6 mm. is 19 19 passes so you very deftly open this up throw back the entrance and actually what you manage to do is hook them over the pegs that are in front of the entrance and heft them open so the whole front of the tent pulls up. So not just a little arched entrance, a little teepee entrance, the whole front of the tent is now lifted on both of them. You manage this really quickly on both the rope, tucks over the end, you pull it tight and both are open. There are two people in the other tent you haven't gone to yet. They both can walk but are slow limping out of the tent. So that, the closest tents either side now, will consider them open and empty. Before I finish that, I ensure that the Gifyanki and the uh, human, did you say he was in there? Yeah. Uh, to help the person missing one leg. Okay. And so make sure that he's uh, evacuated promptly. So what I'm doing is I'm just changing on the map so the entrance is open there. So you've got them both open. So you've managed to clear out five of them in there, and that was Darren's turn. Thank you very much, Robin. Elfie, what would you like to do? You want to be prof- got to be proficient in the skills to use it. Go right. Um, whilst Robin's clearing the first two tents. Elfie would like to, I'd like to use investigation to investigate the palisade to identify if there are any weak points that are good, that could be used to breach the palisade other than using the gate. Awesome, lovely. Yep, give us a roll for investigation then please, Elfie. Uh, nine. Okay, so you manage to look along the walls of the palisade as you run along them, the brightness of the light, your eyes had adjusted to the darkness, looking off into the distance of the undead, not realising that Claude was going to cast daylight. As you looked into it, actually, your high perception works against you in this case as it instantly hits your eyes. You start walking on the walls, but you've got these kind of bright blind spots in your eyes as you try and look along it. You notice it looks quite sturdy along the eastern wall that you're closest to and the northern wall of the area near the car that you managed in your time to get to. That, unfortunately, is a fail, though. Cool. Claude, you're right in front of the vanguard. Yep. They've got a card behind you now that's been placed up by Drago. What would you like to do? Uh, so Claude will uh, draw upon his medical knowledge of being a uh, medic at these camps for an extended period of time, uh, and he'll shout into the camps to prioritise the... Well, prioritise those near death! We don't want the dead rising behind our walls! Shit. And I'll make a medicine check. For that, to that effect. Love it, yeah, okay, I'll take that, yeah. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> What'd you get? Nat to zero. Now's your natural 20. Yeah! Another crit. A 29 if you needed the wow. exact value. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, that's going to be a pass. So you managed to turn into the camp 
and over the walls, over the clamour of Bleakmore behind it as well, as the camp slowly starting to empty out, they recognise your voice and you manage to use the right kind of words mm-hmm. and phrases in which they would recognise. Um, there might be specific terms that you use for those closest to death, they instantly recognise them, mm-hmm. and in that short space of time you can repeat it three, four, five times to get to each almost each row of these tents across the camp. And as far as you're aware, that news has been taken on board. Mm. Because of that, what I will say is that a few people who were taking others out have changed and prioritised who they're going to take out. You managed to get another four out quickly, so that's a nine in total that makes out the memory, okay? Amazing. Folly. Folly fizzle bang the ninth. Mm-hmm. Gnome alchemical extraordinaire. I loved writing that, mm. by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's, good. it's a good summarise. What yeah. would you like to do first? Um, what I'm going to do, because uh, it's still a load of people in these tents that are in the front, aren't they? Uh, basically, I'm going to cast Minor Illusion and create the sound of a warning bell that people would normally be hearing upon attack. Okay. Just anybody who is still capable in the tents that can actually move, get away, uh, and then obviously anybody who might be capable of fighting can come and join the front line as well. Lovely. It's only going to be good if it works out. So what, as is a skill challenge, mm. you'll have to roll against Arcana. Yes. So that, that's okay. Yes, I am proficient in Arcana, so that's fine. Just check it. Because it has to be proficient. Exactly. Yeah, just Which, uh, mm, yeah. nine. Nine. Okay. Nine. It was a nice idea. Shader out of the game, no, but shader out of the player. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Folly standing in this co- in this courtyard area after seeing Robin remove the backs of some of the tents, you do manage to set the spell up, but because of your lack of knowledge of the scarred and the way in which they operate, you also hear Claude utter these phrases which they seem to respond to instantly. You try to mirror that by thinking of a military style from your experiences of travelling around sleep guard, military style warning bell. The actual fact all it does is cause this piercing kind of almost white noise sound, and a white noise kind of, the, you know the high pitch sound you get? Yeah. Tinnitus. Yeah, get a tinnitus kind of sound. You produce that for a second, which actually kind of a few of them like, oh, it slows them down a bit, actually. And Tali, who stood right next to you, just turns to you, looking very <laughs> covering her ears, like, what the fuck are you doing? So that, unfortunately, is a fail. Sorry. Wrong spell. Background to Drago, what would you like to do next? Uh, Put cart in front. Okay. Your ears are kind of covered at this point with the noise that Folly's just created. Mine will might be a two-part check. I uh, so from where I got the original cart. Cart. Are there horses there? There are no horses in the sky that you can see. Okay, but there's another cart. There are pieces of broken carts available. Yes, probably another two carts worth of wood. That would not work to what I want to do. Okay, I would like to try to turn around and head into the, after hearing what Claude said and after seeing what Robin was doing, would head into the next tent that Robin hasn't opened yet, full of sick people, mm-hmm. um, open it up and um, he'd like to assess who is the sickest, illest, whatever that word you want, and then carry them into safety. So I would assume a survival check on the carry holding and pull them over. Yeah, because I wouldn't say it's a strength check no much because you're so strong it wouldn't necessarily it wouldn't be a check for you. You could just naturally do it. It's not my survival, it's their survival. Exactly. So you're assessing whether or not how sick they are. Yeah. I take the the ill people. Okay. I think I could carry two, one on each so- uh, shoulder. You know what for this No, I'll have it I'll keep it as one roll as it's unfair. So give me the survival check then, please. 
How is a 22? 22 is lovely. You open, you fling open the doors of the tent and you notice this is one of the critically ill tents. There are five people lying there that haven't moved. Upon quickly assessing them, you notice that two seem to be in the worst. I can only carry two. Absolutely. One of them, their eyes open and kind of look over to you. Two of them just have remained motionless, but you can see their chests moving. This is for, this is three humans and two half orcs in there as well, all male at the time. At the time, they're all male. <laughs> <laughs> they may some, change. Try to get some flavour to it. Dragon takes his dagger. <laughs> three. Um, yeah, so you manage to look around and two of them seem to be in a much more critical condition than the others. Your time in fights and battles in your past with your brother, with your dad, with other, other in another life it feels, would tell you that those two were the sickest and that they would be the two that are most necessary to get out. Okay, so I'd go to each of those persons and like, all right, I'm going to carry you to safety. I'm going to carry you to safety as well. Try not to move. And I'll lift them up on my shoulders. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna get you out of here. Okay, and you make your way through the tents as you notice a few more people starting to pot, not potter out of them, but teeter out of tents. They start to look confused, looking at the light that's emanating from the front of the of the palisades. As you walk past them, you can kind of usher a few others on as well. You manage to get two more out. So that's up to eleven now. You've nice. got. As you approach the entrance to the gate, you notice now not only the troops already on the walls, you notice in the courtyard of the, ho- the courtyard of Bleakmoor, where you met Gilda in the first place where you first entered the town, there are now a, a large number of amassing troops there as well. These are more archers as well, five, six, seven rows. They seem to be setting up there on purpose probably from your experience of battle to volley over the walls, over the scarred, or into the scarred if needs be. So kind of a second line of defence of resort over the heads of those other archers. Where do you want the sick going? As I'm walking towards them. You see a slightly dishevelled looking captain stood off to the side. He points down basically towards the largest building at the far south of the place, which is the the the, Ar- the Arkwood Academy, the Hailstorm Academy. And he says, in there, take them in there. And yeah, Drago would, um, a deer. You approach these massive, two massive doors that were up until now locked and guarded up to that point. They've already been swung open. You can see more and more people filing into this building. It seems to be the most secure building in Bleakmoor at the time. This is where most of the injured are being moved to. You pop them both down and quickly make your way back yep. into the camp. It's so, your turn. What do you like to do? I have a quick question for the DM first. Yep. Um, is it if a, one member of the party's used that skill challenge, no one else can use it? Is no, it okay? it's if you have used it. So, yeah. for example... Uh, Sight of hands out for me, because I've used it. You've used it. Athletics whereas, is out for Ian. Whereas you could use... Athletics. Because you haven't used it yet. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so yeah. It's per, you've got to be proficient, yeah. and it's per <laughs> player, not per... <laughs> um, okay, cool. Uh, as I go, as this is happening, Robin has started to go through the bag of holding. He slung his shield on his back and put one of the scimitars away, because it's worthless in this situation. Um... However, as I go in, I find, if you recall back on London, I've tried to use it many times, well, but not actually since we've been recording, I made, uh, with the spare acid, I made a basic trap with my smithing tools. Mm-hmm. I'm going to head out, Robin would head out front, and I'm going to try and use investigation to find somewhere to plant this uh, dwarven um, acid trap, which does uh, 4d4 damage on a failed save will do half damage on a successful save. Thank you for that. I didn't actually know how much damage it did. Thank you, Darren, for that. So give me the investigation roll, please. I shall. How's the 25? You know a 25 is absolutely fine, Darren Page. Thank you very much. Um, yep, so you're looking around and you you assess quickly the situation, looking at the light bleeding off, off over the fields. You can hear them approaching. 
you see the ferocity at which they're approaching. They're not going to be stepping over things. They are just making their way headlong there. Mm-hmm. You try to find an area where you know when this trap sets off, mm-hmm. the burst of this poison attack is a poison trap. Acid. Sorry, acid trap. Where this acid trap will have the kind of largest area of effects. So you mm-hmm. pick pretty much the highest little tuft of ground. Mm-hmm. You don't have much effort into hiding it because you've assessed that they're not going to. Mm-hmm. They're just going to run towards mm-hmm. the entrance anyway. And you plonk it on the highest ground to deal the most damage. As I do that. A small uh, moment where, as I put my hand on it, I see the dwarven steel that was used to make the outskirts of it, and I just say to myself under my breath as I look out at them, a gift from the Prince of Borden, and I head back inside. And with that, you get some inspiration. Oh. Actually, no, you don't get that dice, though, because no. I don't one. I'll give you an actual... And then I dash with my bonus action to get back inside. It's right. Sorry, just... You get inspiration for that, I save lives, I don't get yeah, inspiration. Hey, he, it was a callback to our... It's all right, hey, no, I'm, yeah. I, I know, I'm fine. I made that I'm back fine. I'm sure this is impartial. Get your hand off this time. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't. We've fallen over there, Darren. I'll just stand you back up. Lovely, thank you very much. And that is a fourth pass for two fails. Is that right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. No, I've missed a pass. There you go. Five passes, two fails. Is that right? So who's failed so far? Yeah, put your hands up. Who failed? You uh, Thank you very much, Pagey. That's a great shout. Sorry, Pagey, Darren, that's a very good shout. Uh, that's my two expertise stuff gone as well. So they're, they're plus 10 and plus 13, respectively. So they're Downhill from here. Yeah. Lovely. Thank you very much. Thank you, Rogue. <laughs> Elfir, what would you like to do? Elfir, so turning to the group of people that have a com- that are now stood with us, the, the fours, I'd like to use insight to assess which ones are actually going to be capable of, of actually fighting and which ones are going to be a hindrance and I can give another task to. Right, so, yep, give me a... What are you doing, investigation? In, um, no, I'm doing insight. I'm not doing investigation. I'm insight, so I'm judging them by the how they're standing, how they're carrying themselves. Are they ready for fight or are they actually standing there because they feel they're, they're bound to, but actually they're going to be a hindrance, they could do something better. So Lovely. I'm using yep. insight. Give me insight on that then, please. Uh, 25. 25, lovely. So looking at them, you notice the orc, you notice... Two of the Githyanki and one of the humans, so it's four in total, are in a state that would be useful in a fight. They look they look the part, they look injured, but they are armed and they have armour okay. on and they are standing with two feet and two arms. They are good, so you've got four there that are good. There are two just behind that look worse for where that do seem to be that out of out of pride and honour more than anything so, else. So Elthir goes to those two and says, I need you two to get the tents along the edge of the palisade evacuated now. So go along the tents and get them evacuated back into the, into the city. Lovely. And with that, those two members nod and quickly move to the next two nearest tents. One turns directly behind him, so basically to increase the size of this courtyard, and opens to get the, the uh, doors of it, opens the material of it out and goes inside, obviously, to get if anyone else is left in there and then start collapsing the tent. The other man moves to the western side and breaks down, starts to break down the tent that has already been emptied by Robin and that he manages quite successfully and now we have a little bit more room just to the right-hand side of the the palisade wall, so we've opened that area up. He takes the material and stores it along the palisade wall. This is white cloth material, um, wood as well, and some other supplies. He starts to move away. You do notice the remnants of some beds and some food and rations on the floor, which he leaves there and doesn't touch. That is another pass. Thank you, Elthir. Claude, what would you like to do? Okay, so akin to his uh, uh, Goonies uh, performance in The Ruin, where he lifted the boulder, uh, he's gonna 
tap into his forest gump and he's going to be seeing um seeing uh gildar arkward and drago sort of carrying people through and follow suit so again going to go in to wherever i can closest tent possible find some people that aren't moving quickly or just within the stream of people that are moving attempt to grab those who aren't moving quickly and just scoop them up and then sprint into the same destination that which would you like to do because you you could hurry those along to get those that are moving moved or you could say enter a tent and move those that are unable to move whichever requires athletics so probably the ones unable to move unable to move yes you'd be carrying them as well okay you know for a fact you've seen drago go in grab two shaking his head and make his way back out you can assume there's still some left in there so you could get into the tent that drago's already entered with yeah, I'll, I'll do that. Okay. I'll do that. Yep. I'll, I'll shout, hey, you guys, as I'm doing it. Okay. Yeah, give me the roll. <laughs> hey, you guys. Uh, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good. It's going to be better than that. It's 16. 16. Need to beat. There you go, it's a six, 16. So you managed to go into the tent. this. It's already opened up. You do notice there are three people still in there. Mm-hmm. Two of them have their beds have recently been... Yanked from the, they were recently yanked from their beds by Drago, by Drago saving yeah. their lives. You, in your state, would manage to carry one. Okay. I'd say, mainly because of your stature, your humpback, hunchback getting in the way of putting someone on each shoulder. So you manage okay. to quickly find and assess and grab the first person you see, probably the one that was sat up, who had his eyes open. Sure. Throw him over your hunchback, over your back, and you can make your way quickly sure. towards the Hailstorm Academy in Bleakmore, sure. rescuing another person. And then sprint back, obviously, to Absolutely. the fold. The fold. So I'll probably be where Drago is at that point. Okay, so we've got that done. Folly fizzle by the ninth. What would you like to do? Um, I will double check. Can I still use investigation? Because I've not used it before. Yes, you can. Okay. Only if you've already used it, it's now. That's fine. That's fine. What I'm going to do? I'm actually going to take a page out of um, Darren's book um, and use my. Investigation check. Um, Folly is basically going to jump into his backpack, piece together a few things, and just create a little potion trap uh, from it. It's basically like a fire starter, but it, he has no idea what the potion does. <laughs> but he's just going to stick a random one in there and find taking that into effect, uh, into account, sorry, Darren's little trap as well, an additional trap uh, where he thinks might be the best location for it okay brilliant thank you Uh, what I think we'll do is because that's kind of two things there I'll let you make the trap but then setting it would be a different skill altogether so you can make it but then the same that Darren had the trap already previously made we'll have you make it and then if you want to use your next turn to set it or in combat set it I'll let you do that that's okay okay so what do you want to roll for that what are you thinking Uh, well no if you're doing it for the uh yeah, for making the trap, there's not really anything I'm proficient in that would actually work. Okay. Um, Apologies. You no, I suppose, it. actually, I'll, I'll make an argument that I will use uh, an investigation check purely just so we can very quickly investigate the back of his backpack, pick out the item very quickly, and cobble something together. Yeah, I'd say because because of your proficiency in, in what you have in your backpack and the abilities you know, it would just be a case of finding the right things. You know yeah. how to make it, it's just, well, know how to make something. It's hard to find it amidst the crap that's actually in there. Yep, I'll accept that. Off you go then. Oh, okay. This Come is on. Now. <laughs> oh, it's a natural one. <laughs> yes, yes, it's a natural you're, uh, one. Are you sure you're really folly forth? <laughs> are you what? <laughs> you're 0 for 2 right, right now, aren't you? I'm 0 for 2 right now. Bang I Fizzle. 3 and a natural one. What's your name again? Fizzle. Folly Fizzlebang. Fizzlebang. Yeah. <laughs> Write it down. 
Are you sure you're not shade Although, arts, the way, guys? <laughs> the way these spells are going, I'm going to be dead after this battle anyway. So, the oh, you no, jump no. into your book, you jump into your backpack, oh. and start mixing and pulling potions out, oh, and mixing things together, shaking it up, listening to the sound it makes as the bubbles turns a black ichory, black uh, obsidian liquid. As you start moving it around, you start playing with it. You add a small vial of of white powder into it. You have no idea what it is. It smells really sulfuric-y, and you know that smell. You start putting that in, you see it starts to fizzle more and more and more and more, and suddenly the vial starts to get hotter and hotter and hotter, and then you let off an explosion. <laughs> it centres on yourself. Oh, it's Talia, who stood right next to you. Oh hits yourself and also hits one of this guard that we're here to help. You take eight points of fire damage. <laughs> Tali takes eight points, and this chap, who was on the edge of it, gets thrown back oof, and is fallen prone. He's one of the scar that was helping. He's now out for the count as well. He can no longer help. <laughs> oh, no, Polly's just going to emerge and go. Whoops! Brilliant, that's amazing. Whoopsie daisy. Robin. Um, how far away are they now? They have, I mean, considering these kind of six seconds, mm. well, a bit longer than that, but it's because the skill challenge is mm. kind of loose. Mm -hmm. They've made a bit of a headway. It's been about two minutes, so you can say probably about four minutes away until they reach the walls. Then, once they, just, just for everyone's knowledge, just mm. DM to players, then when they hit the walls, these passes will then come into effect. So the things you've done is when they hit the walls, then you get those additional turns where other things might happen based off what you've managed to achieve. Okay? Yes, yeah, so about four minutes out, I think, Dan. Okay. Now I'm gonna. I come back into the uh, tent. I hear an explosion, and I feel my as if something's been summoned inside. So I tense up. I come back in, and I see Folly, and I just drop my shoulders and think, <laughs> for goodness' sake. And then I look across, and I see that this tent is gone. And I immediately, as a survival check, start to take down the one on the other side as well. Okay, lovely. So the other tent, in right in the corner, nearest the entrance. The, the, down, the downstage left. The, <laughs> the, the, the furthest downstage. Uh, downstage, the furthest east. Uh, corner, eastway. Yeah, northeast thing. corner of the, of yeah. the, right next to the entrance. You want to clear that area. That's basically. the one. Lovely. So give us that survival check, then, please. Uh, can I spend a? Oh yeah, I'm going to spend a luck point on that. So what? It would have been a ten. Okay, no problem. 22. You managed to deftly go, on, go in and take out the four sticks that are holding it up, collapsing the tent down and removing the one person that was left in there manages to sort of hobble their way out and you kind of give them a pat on the back to get them moving as you remove the rest of the tent and do the same thing as one of the st st sorry, one of the Hailstorm Surge members did, which is pack it against the palisade and propping it up against the wall to help defend that area. That is another pass. Um, as that happens, I start to take it down and I look like I'm fucking it up. And then all of a sudden, almost uncannily, the, uh, the, the trinket left by my sister when my bow broke uh, comes through my shirt and it's as if something goes right for me out of nowhere. And the luck kicks in. And I start to, again, consider where this luck may be coming from. But I get the 10 down. Thank you. Thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you very much. Elfia, over to you. This is your final skill challenge check. What would you like to do? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to... Elfia sort of considers what the situation is looking like right now. I'm going to move down to the northwestern corner and use sleight of hand to collapse that tent. Okie dokie, so could you give me the sleight of hand roll? Yes, I can. Ten. In total? Yes. You managed to collapse the tent. 
but there are still four people in the tent. So you pull out the stop, the stops of it, and you can hear in your in your in your haste to get the tent removed to clear up some of the lines. And it is good intentions you have. The you pull them out quite quickly, and you can see hands moving underneath it. So you realise, fuck, you've just you just collapsed this tent with people. You stab them, so nobody knows. Like when I came here. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. So they Apologies. Are, they're under that tent now. So that was a fail. But the, tent, the, tent, the tent is collapsed. <laughs> but unfortunately, there are people still. Good. No, no, no. It's only right. it's dim light right here. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. The undead come quick. Shut up. You're never going to notice they're there. Yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> I've declared the last two of the skill challenges. Now, okay. Probably sound eight passes, five fails. Okay. Uh, Claude is going to uh, sort of scurry off into a secluded corner uh, to try and get out of earshot of anyone. And he's going to kneel down, and I'm wondering if there's a way I can amplify a prayer using the amulet I've got and that spell that's in it to maybe, I don't know, something to you, but like try and make it a stronger prayer or a better chance of succeeding on the prayer or something like that. Set it up, man. Um, so he's going to, to me and I'll drop onto his knees, he's going to speak into the amulet, it's a religion check that I'm aiming for, and he's going to say the following. Master, the Hailstorm Academy want what we want. Something's about to happen and I'm going to try and push back the dead and return them to you. Please, anything you could give would be rather helpful at this stage. I'm not quite sure what to do after I did the shiny spell. <laughs> I'm trying to help people, but I think we could do more. We can't lose ground here, otherwise you're... Well, the people what should be home will be here instead. This is all in Infernal. Mm. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I'll I'll take that. That's great. Roll for religion and take some inspiration. Infernal. (laughs) I gotta say, as well. I won't need it. Yeah. No, you don't need to roll it for that, you can just have it whenever you want yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, I won't need the, the now. I rolled a 24. 24 is nice. a pass, very nice. Three passes for you, though. Nice. As you speak into the amulet, you feel the amulet start to very slightly vibrate and vibrate as you feel that someone is almost returning, not a message, but signifying to you that they have heard what you have said. Nothing happens, though, mm-hmm. at that moment, mm-hmm. but you feel that your message and your need for help from the master has been sent and okay. he has in some way or other heard it okay okay Amazing. and then i'll just use the rest of it to sort of return to a return to where the major group of the party is and out of the hidden alleyway lovely what i will say is whilst this is happening elfia one of the members of the hailstorm scarred surge that you sent off manages to get the final few out of a tent behind you opening up this courtyard area to doubling the space pretty much as you wanted to do he has cleared that one out has moved to the one behind that as well which should if he manages to get that down give us a clear open uh 25 foot by 80 foot gangway area for us to fight him if indeed that's the case he's also managed to get another four people out of the tent and moving on so that's up to 16 now 16 and 50 we've managed to save so far bear in mind we have got nine turns worth of movement and initiative order next to go as well okay that's that following you're currently on two losses <laughs> two, two for two yeah what would you like to do following? i'm over two yeah um are there still people in all these kind of 
tents at the moment that are remaining. Directly behind you are the burnt out embers of the entrance to a tent that you can see into. Yeah. And there are two people who are struggling to kind of get up and trying to find something. One of them is missing his leg. Uh, she's missing her leg and she's trying to stand herself up using some kind of stick in order to yeah. get up. The other one is just sitting with his head in his hands, kind of shaking his head, sat on his bed, not moving. What uh, what he's going to do then? He's going to turn and face the um, tent that he kind of burnt out, um, look in, using his persuasion and of course the excuse of being the tent, say that uh, we're under attack at the minute. Quick, get yourselves moving, well, get on, yourselves let, out. Let Folly do it then. <laughs> you open, yeah, you this shit. You've opened this tent up. There's one woman trying to stand up. She looks down at this little gnome that's just entered the tent, and this man's just there, kind of shaking, like, "Oh God, I just can't do this. I can't. I can't. I can't." Okay, like, he's going to poke through his head through the uh, tent, and all of a sudden he's like. Two feet floating head now coming in the center. Hello! Um, what you we're doing? under attack! You, yeah. you, you want to go! You, you definitely want to go! It's <sighs> dangerous! I wouldn't be here if I was you! Okay, yeah, that's good. Give me, give me, that, give me that persuasion and see if you convince him to get up. I wouldn't wing. be here if I was you. <laughs> yeah. Damn right, that's a fucking fail. I do have a decent a high persuasion, but it still only takes it to 13. 13, unfortunately. So you'll stick your head in. Oh, three. A huge persuasion. That's <laughs> The issue, you say it clearly, though you say the right things. I'm a gnome. They're like... Why is this little person telling me what to do? <laughs> and also, they're just off the back of an explosion, their ears are ringing and can't actually hear anything you're saying at the moment. But the, the, the woman who stood up kind of looks at you, what the fuck? And he starts to kind of hobble away. The man doesn't even look up to you. He's still there, just shaking his head. Unfortunately, that is a fail. You went over three. I went over three. Alan. That is incredible. I'm going to change you guys around The... After all this happens, you can hear them clamour becoming closer and closer louder and louder as they approach and the screams and glottal noises start to become closer and clearer as you can start to make out individual voices you notice now these voices don't seem to necessarily just be coming from the north they also seem to be coming from the northwest and the northeast as well they're spreading along the line looking to encapsulate themselves around this camp as they approach closer and closer they are probably 200 300 foot away they're getting closer robin you took down a tent I certainly did. Althea, you took down a tent. I'm down there. Can't hear you down there. <laughs> Robin, you took down a tent. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I could be a dick and say yes, but no. Nearly two are gone. Have you got the canvas? I presume so. Help me get it over the cart. We can set it alight. Uh, as you say, and I'll, 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 get, I'll help him do that. Claude, when the time comes, burn this thing. All right. You've got fire, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll soon find out. <laughs> Can I just, that's how good? Yeah, I'll let you have that. It doesn't really count as a skill challenge. Cast cream. Well, I know we're out of skill challenges, but um, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that because of ingenuity. Just because Folly kind of wants to do something as well. He's going to have Mage Spectral Hand just floating and helping move the tent. I'm going to say, with all that help, you easily get that get that on. Um, as, as the first sight of them comes into vision, I would like to use Know Your Enemy, please. They're undead. <laughs> I hear as I'm tying this on and Drago says that to me. As long as they're still a minute away, I can do Know Your Enemy. Okay, no problem. Yep, so go ahead, use that. So what? Okay. Which, which so statistics, statistics would you like to know that you're high or low? So hearing, hearing Drago say that, Robin doesn't take any heed to what he's saying. <laughs> and he's still tying these things down and he's scouting them. And you have to uh, tell me whether they're a, whether they're what I asked for is higher, lower, or equal to mine. Yeah, greater, lesser, or greater, lesser, or equal. Yeah. Uh, I would go for AC. Mine uh, is seventeen without the shield. Lesser. 
And that will also go for HP, which is 90 in my case. Lesser. Okay. You also have seen these before. You notice as they move closer and closer to the camps, they're... These are not dissimilar to the creatures with the massive long claws you saw previously. However, however, they are smaller, they are pale, they seem to have more flesh, they have material wrapped around their long ethereal arms, their nails are still long on their five-fingered hands, they are moving with uh, kind of a loincloth piece of material around their body, their mouths hang open with these huge long tongues, probably about a foot and a half's length of tongue, out with these massive sharp fangs sticking out, bald head, the kind of trap, the neck area seems to just be kind of like a triangle, there seems to be no proper kind of neck as the head seems to be placed on these shoulders and these massive long muscular legs are pacing forward as well. I find the answer Drago and go, they're also not wearing any armour, just so you're aware, and I hop off the cart. Do I see this with Robin? Yep. They look like the creatures that took Shadar. That were controlled by Erekas. Sorry, just to, just to clarify, they looked a little bit just because of the long claws, but actually apart from that, You've seen them before, but you've seen them in another time. Never mind, we saw them in another time. <laughs> you, you, Something's telling me this. You, you saw them back on the Sword Coast. You fought these on the Sword Coast. Back on the Sword Coast, we saw we, we fought these. I remember them well. I remember it well as well, my friend. <laughs> Let's on. In, in my head, they look like venom. They're ghouls. Your ghouls. description was like... They're ghouls. Oh. Oh, that's quite accurate. I'm just oh, showing them the picture I've gotten on the moment. Okay, don't look too close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they look quite. Everyone, if you're listening, I want to look them up. I've just shown them the one from the uh, monster manual anyway. So feel free to. I will attach a link to the picture on our podcast description. So if you want to see what we're fighting, if you check the podgra- podcast description, you'll find a link there. Click on that. You'll have an image. Onwards. Onwards with uh, the story. Yes. So uh, after you were able to do that. Uh, Ability, uh, I will then sh- uh, whisper uh, around to these guys. We must return these things to the master. And since you no longer need it, I will bless uh, Elsie. I will bless. Oh, thanks. Uh, <laughs> Robin. Can you see Elsie? She's just spotting. Yeah. He'll move into the middle. Yeah. And I will bless. I was going to say, I should have moved back by now. Polly. I would have blessed somebody else if I was you. <laughs> Everyone is blessed. You'll need it. <laughs> So as we move towards the entranceway, this, oh sorry, one of the hailstorm surges that Elfie you sent, the other one you sent, has gone to the tent. Seeing you, seeing you pass as you kind of shakily walk back towards the rest, see there are people under it that start to try and get them out and dismantle that tent. The chap who was undoing the last, the last tent in this long line, and he's still working on it as we speak, so he's not managed to get that down yet. This other chap, he's KO'd, he's out for the count, he's awake, but he's not moving much particularly and you've got three membered members of the hailstorm surge stood with you as well before anything happens you stand there looking out into this bleak future that you seem to see approached before you and your mind goes blank your senses still active seem to deaden as you lose control of your body and you collapse in the mud in front of you all of us all of you sorry to clarify Tali, Elf, uh, uh, Robin, Drago, Claude, Folly, Elfin. What the fuck? <laughs> you feel numb? Well, shit. As a cold creeps over your body. You open your eyes and you are clean. You stood next to your companions. You are in a settlement far from Bleakmoor. A small village. The sun is shining. 
You can smell the salt air and a calm breeze blows over the billowing black smoke from a burning house which surrounds you. You walk through a scene of carnage, a scene of slaughter. As you walk into the square in the centre of the settlement, you notice the wide doors of the main hall stand open. You see a young girl facing into a room, a wooden sword in hand. She stands still, unblinking, facing something from within the room. In an instant, she turns and sprints out of the hall, door slamming shut behind her, and you hear chaos erupt from within. As she turns and runs down the bloodstained stone steps towards you, she looks up and stares directly at you all. She stops, dead in her tracks, looking at each of you. She lifts her left hand and points off to the side without looking. You follow her eyes to an image that has followed some of you from another realm. You see a nondescript man suspended in the air by a deep red rope which is knotted around his neck. He sways slightly, but not with the wind, the wind which is now billowing over the settlement, fanning fires, the crackling of which is now audible to you all. The noise of chaos inside the hall continues. The man opens his eyes, but not his mouth to speak. You all hear a voice whispering in your head. Thraystan must speak with you all, demigod of decay and rebirth, brother to all souls, keeper of your passage home. I have brought you to this place for a reason. Chenna is the beginning and the end of all that has happened and all that will. The fate of your souls rest here on what happened in there. The eyes shift to the hall where the cacophony of noise can still be heard. I brought you to Erith. I brought you there to aid our cause. I am weak. My brother is weaker. Our place in the realm is fading and the fate of so many souls fade with it. My power is tied to the order of whispers. Their numbers are dwindling. An illegal religion. Akiva, he saves you all as he saved so many here in Chenna. The undead are not to win. The bodies of the slaughtered populace around you begin to twitch and shudder. Their faces rise and their limbs haul gaunt bodies to their feet, faces distorting and cracking as something seems forced back into them. Their eyes are pale white, unblinking, unmoving. They stare. These are the souls released from Akiva's care. These rifts are open across many realms and these souls are returning to mortal realms in their millions. Two such rifts are in Erith, one of which you are aware. Push back the undead. Seek out Kelsan in Evershire. Find the Onyx Reaver. Close the rift. You must know more of this realm. The lost souls of millions depend on you. Tali steps forward, tears in her eyes. She screams up at the figure, Why here? Why here? 
She sobs to the figure. She reaches out a hand to grab Thraystan. The whole image begins to shake and shudder with immense speed until almost a blur. A scream pierces through her heads, which brings on a blinding pain. The figure then is ripped apart into a thin, into a thousand small, torn pieces, which suspend momentarily in the air before they disappear into thin, a thin cloud of black ash, which is whipped up by the winds and joins the bellowing black smoke from the nearby building. Tali slowly, slowly turns around taking in the carnage and destruction around her. She looks to the floor and picks up the small wooden sword dropped by the young girl. She turns the sword over, looking at the edges, running her fingers along the lines. She grasps the hilt and holds it down to her side. She looks up at you all, defiance in her eyes. She nods. The doors of the hall burst open, and the silhouette of a tall, dark figure starts to step out of the shadow. But before it comes into view, the world begins to blur and the scene bleeds into that of a forest. Cold and unwelcoming, you see a face, piercing, nebulous, green eyes staring out. You see a shadow, a creature standing, towering over the forest, engulfed in shadow, tall and thin, black horns protruding from its skull. In an instant, it pauses and turns its head. You hear something, distant at first, but then it becomes a cacophony, screaming in your head, in your soul, the screams blur into shouts. Your eyes open and you hear Arkward screaming from the settlements, Get up! They are coming! She turns to the troops and screams, Hailstorm fire! And a dual line of arrows come raining down on the horde of undead that have broken through. From over their heads of these arrows, you, know, you start to understand the name Hailstorm. A monstrous volley from within the settlement, the Drago notice comes arcing over the walls like hundreds of fireflies darting across the inky black sky, piercing ranks of the undead. A triumvirate of explosions blast a score of creatures, leaving blinding, a blinding mark of light in your eyes and a ringing in your ears. You're back in Bleakmoor. They've broken through. You hear a voice shouting out, prepare yourselves. And that's where we'll end the episode. Holy God shit. damn, man. Jesus, that was amazing. <laughs>
Until next time, guys. Farewell. Hi everyone, this is a special and really quick shout out to our main man Danny who plays Claude. He set up his own Etsy page and it's called, funnily enough, Crafts by Claude. He's currently hand making and selling personalised initiative trackers. Each comes with a logo of the character or creature type, because you can also have them made for baddies as well. And they can be personalised to include specific character names or indeed nicknames if you want them. But wait, I hear you exclaim, where do I put these awesome trackers made by the world's single nicest person? Luckily they fit perfectly on your DM screen, or in my case, my laptop screen. We've all been there in the heat of battle, with six or seven rounds in, it's been five straight hours of playing D&D, and your mind's a little bit frazzled and you're losing track. These are perfect just for letting you know who's going when and who's next. Check out his work on Etsy, search Crafts by Claude.